Hi, this is Gary Meese with The Case Against, episode 27. This one's called, They Were in the Occult. Yeah, let me get back to where I was with this. Uh, while I'm scrolling through here, let me, uh, I thought this is on, on target here, but it jumped on me. Um, let me say that this this episode is not is from a source that it's probably not one of your more uh, reliable sources. In other words, I would take his story with a certain amount of skepticism, but it does provide some interesting information. Uh, and some allegations about Miss Gailey Baldwin and Eccles that uh, were floating around Crittenden County and he seems to have known them so we will jump right into it um, briefly reviewing once again I'm, I'm drawing this information from one of my books Blood on Black which is the first volume of a two volume set the other volume is uh, Where the Monsters Go and detailing the case against the three men known as the West Memphis Three, Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, and uh, Jesse Miskelly Jr., who were convicted in 1994 of the 1993, May 5, 1993 murders of eight-year-old Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers in West Memphis, Arkansas. On June 16th, 1993, which is, uh, let me say briefly that Miss Kelly, the case broke wide open when Miss Kelly confessed on June 3rd, 1993 to having participated in these murders and also described some satanic rituals that he had participated in with Eccles and Baldwin. Uh, for all the talk of satanic panic, and I will stipulate that there was talk in the community of strange rituals in the woods, and I'm sure there were, there were all sorts of rumors flying around, but as far as what was going on in the media, I challenge anybody to show me anything that indicated before June 3rd, 1993 in Jesse Miskelly's confession in which he mentioned specifically satanic rituals that there was anything uh, that would approach satanic panic in the in the local the local or mass media the larger media about this case it, it, all the focus on the witchcraft satanic aspect came about as a result of Miss Skelly, Skelly's confession and the subsequent arrest of a guy who publicly bragged about being a witch. So it wasn't really a witch hunt, it was a hunt for a killer who turned out to be a witch and a demonologist and somebody who consorted with demons and uh, he described himself as a demonologist so that's what the source is. And to further add to this, uh, Eccles was the first one to 
ascribe the killings to Satanist in his interviews with police just a few days after the killings. So what, what is the source of the so-called satanic panic in this case? It's the, the admitted witch, the alleged Satanist, and the admitted demonologist, the teenager who was described by his ex-girlfriend, who had also, Deanna Holcomb, who had also practiced black magic, that he indeed practiced black magic. If you want to call that Satanism, fine. I think think there's a lot of room for uh, quibbling about what black magic, how black magic and Satanism may differ, but when we get right down to it, we're talking about somebody who's not just dabbling in the occult in a kind of a teenage way as some of the other kids were clearly were doing in this in this area there's no doubt about that just Crittenden County but was heavily involved in it and just and described his own fascination with the tenants of the Golden Dawn uh, as clarified and uh, promoted by Aleister Crowley uh, as early as his preteen years maybe even early, really earlier than that, he apparently became fascinated with the idea of magic when he saw uh, a, some sort of little ad in the back of a tabloid that his grandmother was reading, uh, promoting the idea that you too could become a magician and become powerful. And he, hey, little Eccles took to that took to that idea immediately and fix, fixated upon it, and in, indeed he's fixated upon it to this very day. Anyway, the title of the chapter, we're getting near to the end of Blood on Black, so that's good news, I suppose. Uh, we'll be getting into where the monsters go in a month or so, I hope. Anyway, back to June 16th, 1993. That's the date that Ricky Don Clymer, 16, described life in a gang of Satanists in lurid and unlikely detail. Clymer's statement was full of wild accusations about Baldwin, Miss Kelly, Eccles, and others involved in the Crittenden County witch cult. As with stories from Aaron Hutchinson and Vicki Hutchison, Garrett Schwarting, or the Eccles family, the truth was difficult to determine. Clymer had spent time in the Arkansas State Hospital. He was in state custody at the D.D. Wallace Wilderness Program in Shelbyville, Tennessee, after he was taken from his parents due to behavioral problems. He had confessed his involvement in the occult to program counselors. Clymer had also been friends with a group of West Memphis youths who had come under scrutiny but were never proven to be involved in the killings. He described one exceedingly unlikely incident in which he and a group of boys had jumped a police officer or security guard and beaten him up, with Clymer claiming he used a baseball get bat while Jesse Miskelly Jr. used his fists on this officer or guard. They supposedly left the man unconscious. Concerning Miskelly, Eccles, and Baldwin, Clymer told West Memphis Detective Brian Ridge that, quote, they were in the occult. I knew that they raped some people. They always made barn fires uh, in the woods. 
Uh, I know that they jumped a cop, they cut, you know, a pig's head off, you know, put it on a porch. A cult, a satanic type, it's pretty much the same thing. Clymer just explained occult symbols such as a pentagram. With the symbol being all black, you know it was supposed to be an up-down cross look like somebody's hanging from it. Unquote. The pig's head supposedly was placed on the porch, quote, to scare and show people that death is on its way, to show people that we have power, unquote. He said parts of cats and dogs were cooked and eaten at ceremonies, which corresponds to what Jesse Miskelly had told officers. And Miskelly later downplayed all that and said that he actually wasn't involved in that. But we do have this other source saying that it was, and there, are, there, are, there was evidence in uh, local campfires that uh, parts of animals were being consumed, uh, burned, and perhaps consumed. I'm not sure that you could prove that they were actually eaten by the time that uh, people showed up and investigated the scene. Um, he should, that parts of cats and dogs were cooked and eaten at ceremonies and a variety of intoxicants used including marijuana, cocaine, alcohol, gasoline sniffing, and acid. Uh, might mention that Miskelly in, in particular described burning his brain out, get, sniffing gasoline, and Eccles described using gasoline. Uh, and he thought he discovered this as a, a means of getting high. He'd used it heavily. Clymer said drug use sometimes would lead to fights or, quote, you'd be sitting there, you know, the next thing you'll start thinking of some cartoon character. Let's say the little guys in blue, Smurfs, things like that. In contrast to others, Clymer didn't seem to have any special idea of special days or times for the satanic meetings held around Lakeshore in the Marion area. Marion being Marion, Arkansas, Lakeshore being the trailer park where Jason Baldwin and Eccles' pregnant girlfriend Dominique Tear lived and where he hung out and really sort of essentially lived, though he, ha he did have a bedroom he shared with his sister in West Memphis, Arkansas a town he claims he rarely went into even though he was a resident of said town. Anyway, Clymer with some prodding and leading questions from Ridge said they discussed plans on how to get away with murder. He said if they killed someone they would use quote torture. You get a thrill out of torture unquote. He claimed that they had killed someone in the projects over quote blood. You know that's a gang. He claimed, cult or crips, you know, some cult people are crips. Somehow the crips and the bloods crept into this narrative, and I don't know what, how much basis there is for that. We'll just judge for yourselves. I, I'm sure there was some gang activity in West Memphis, Arkansas back in the day. There's certainly a great deal of it now to my own certain knowledge, but... Uh, I have no reason to think it wasn't going on back then. Uh, on June 18th, Clymer told police in a phone conversation that he had witnessed Baldwin and Eccles torture a girl with a rope, hanging her from a tree with a slip knot around her neck. Clymer said he didn't know the girl who was from Marion and wasn't a girlfriend of any of the guys. He said he left the scene 
which happened in woods toward Marion after she dropped. Let's say this incident actually happened. There's no evidence that a girl was found hanging in the woods or her body was found in the woods after being hung. So if it did occur, let's presume this was some, some sort of mock-up or ritual in which she was hung, but not hung to death, just hung for amusement as part of a ritual. Who knows? Uh and maybe they tortured the girl and she just didn't report it to police. I don't know. We have no police report on that. I'm not claiming this happened. I'm claiming that Clymer said this to police. And it's beyond a claim. He's no doubt he said this to police. Whether it's actually true, I don't know. Clymer said of the rapes, I don't know if you want to call it talking her into it by getting her doped up and everything, that she would say yes. I don't know if you would call that talking well, you know, by most standards today, that would be rape. Uh, Clymer repeated his claim that Baldwin and Miss Kelly had jumped a police officer and, quote, did it because you just hated cops, you know. Clymer said he had been involved in the occult group since he was eight or nine, which would have been around 1985, and that he had left the occult group about two years before. According to Miskelly's confessions, Miskelly was a relatively recent recruit to the occult scene and only participated in a few ceremonies. There was little evidence to suggest that Baldwin was involved in the occult earlier than 1991. Even Eccles may have gotten involved in witchcraft mostly as the result of his relationship with Deanna Holcomb, which basically covered the school year of 1991-1992. So all his talk of earlier involvement and fascination with it is, like a lot of things from Eccles, very questionable. Um, a number of people said that Eccles only got involved in this occult uh, practice when he hooked up with Deanna, who did have an authentic interest and in, in deep and abiding interest in uh, occult practices. At the time of the killings, she had uh, she was attending church and apparently was not involved in any of that, according to her own statements to police. But she certainly freely confessed that she'd been involved in black magic previously and said that Eccles was also involved in black magic. What that involved, it's hard to say exactly, but you can we can try to draw some conclusions from what other people have said. We're certainly not going to get the full story out of Damien Eccles. Eccles claims he first became involved, interested in magic around age 12, which would have been around 1987. I wrote this a couple of years ago. Eccles has since knocked the age down earlier than age 12. But let's 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 say he let's say he has consistently said that he started his interest in magic at least at age 12, which would have been six years before, which would have been 1993, so that would have been 1986 or so, which is about the time that Clymer said he was interested in the 1980, I say 1987, 1987, 1986, the same with uh, Clymer's had dated his interest back to roughly that same era. Despite the many problems with Clymer's story, his description of certain cult practices 
cooking and eating animal parts, drug abuse, the pentagram, sexual assaults, agreed with other descriptions of the local occult scene. And that was a relatively short, short chapter, and this is going to be a relatively short episode. I will mention that uh, if you simply read someone like Mara Leverett, you would get the idea that the local police just made up this idea of there being uh, witch cults in West Memphis. And in fact, if it's clear from the record that, um, for instance, uh, Chris Luttrell and Murray uh, Ferris, who were two teens who went to West Memphis High School, had their own little witch cult and uh, involving five or six other people uh, going on at the time, mostly based on Buckland's book of witchcraft uh, with their own spin on it, with kind of a Christian spin and called uh, the inner, uh, called Covenant of the Inner Light. Uh, unless we believe that both those teens are lying, uh, it's pretty clear that there was at least one witch cult operating in West Memphis, and Eccles knew them, spent time with them. They're, this is confirmed by uh, many, many of the sources. Um, Fer Ferris himself described Eccles as not really not a member of their group that he didn't have the right stuff basically is what he said i can't the, the exact quote was something along those lines he shook hands with him and he didn't like the vibration he got from him or something like that but basically he pretty astutely weighed up Eccles as being a, a very problematic character which doesn't mean he still didn't hang around with him and do some things and maybe traded some ideas with him. So, then um, Luttrell said pretty much the same thing. There's, there's also evidence that other people uh, were, had a deep interest in the occult in this area, the other, other kids. So it's not as if this was Eccles was just some sort of isolated person alone doing this, or that it was just made up, or if it was just a simple case of he was someone who was just simply dabbling in some Wicca uh, as a solitary practitioner. All the evidence points elsewhere. There's little reason to doubt that his best friend and so-called blood brother, Jason Baldwin, certainly would have would have had to have known a lot about what Eccles believed. Uh, it had, certainly would have, how could he not have discussed this with his friend? How could he, how could Baldwin not have somehow gone along on some level with what Eccles was doing? They did everything together. There's no reason to think that this part of Eccles' life, which was so, so important to him, would be parceled off and uh, kept separate from Baldwin. They were literally like two, two in one. Uh, I'm not the person who came up with the idea of the dyad as two, two essentially acting as one. Uh, I've heard the Columbine killers describe, uh, Dave Cullen in his book Columbine describes uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold as being a, a, a 
pathological dyad, and I submit that Eccles and Baldwin were the same. They both fed off each other's interest and drives, uh, which were different but complementary. And uh, since neither one of them show any evidence of having any conscience whatsoever, uh, but Eccles does show signs of being significantly more unstable than Baldwin or just about anybody else walking around uh, free. Uh, we can sort of get sort of determine that uh, Baldwin was the one who uh, was the cool cool head who plant who was capable of planning things and carrying out stuff and Eccles was the emotional drive behind everything and that is what seems to have happened the idea that Eccles was a ringleader and Baldwin was merely his follower on the surface of it may it looks too good to be true Eccles is a more charismatic figure it's inarguable than Jason Baldwin but uh, I'm not so sure that's true for Jason himself, who seems to have been his own man in certain respects, in that he seemed to be able to participate with these things with Eccles, but really his, his drive was somewhere else. And I think in his case, he just wanted to commit a thrill kill, and he, he got it in spades since he's the one who welded the knife and cut up in a horrible fashion, two of the boys essentially castrated. He neutered uh, Christopher Byers, otherwise cut him up, and also cut uh, Stevie Branch in horrible fashion. Make no mistake about it, despite the innocent face and the little cherubic choir boy look that Baldwin may have in the Paradise Lost movies. The kid was a monster and he continues to be one. He's, fu he's functioning now as basically a, he has a front where he uh, raises funds for uh, so-called so wrongful conviction cases, but I have yet to see any evidence he's actually doing anything substantive with anything except lining his own pockets. Prove me wrong. Come up with something. Anyway, that's all from me this time. I'll be back again hopefully in a week or so with another short chapter on another strange uh, character in this, this very strange saga. Until then, I encourage you to check out my books on Amazon, continue to educate yourself at the Callahan side on the case. If you, any, if you think I've said anything in error, please feel free to point it out to me, but simply saying them boys is innocent is not, is not a sufficient, sufficient refutation of the facts. You're going to have to come up with something. Supporters generally can't do that. They won't do that. They'll nibble, uh, uh, the smarter ones will nibble around the edges and pick out some trifling detail and uh, make a big deal out of it. Uh, but uh, 
you know, when it comes to actually looking at the case as a whole, they are unwilling or incapable of doing that, for the most part. There are, there are a few exceptions. Anyway, that's it. Thank you.